This is episode number 29 of Under 10, a mini podcast on intimacy with Dr. Jessica Tartaro. That's me. Last episode, I explored decentering, a practice for getting ourselves out of the way. Thank you to the listeners who wrote me to express gratitude for that topic. I'm so glad the weaving together of personal healing with racial justice spoke to you. Go back and tune into episode 28 if you haven't already. This week, I want to explore our relationship to time. Amidst the urgency of the day-to-day, the preciousness of time has been calling for my attention, and through me, perhaps for yours, too. With this episode, I want to invite you to consider how to make limited time, either short windows in your schedule or simply the limited time we have on earth, meaningful and connected. How to make small time deep. Ever since I was an adolescent, I've been a VBP, or very busy person. I remember packing my schedule with academics and volunteer work and choir and all sorts of worthwhile activities that left little time for stillness. When people asked, how are you? It became standard from a young age for me to say, busy. Busy is not a feeling, but I didn't know that at the time. While engagement in life is wonderful for us, being harried all of the time isn't. A lack of ability to be present in our moments can be sharply reflected back to us in the quality of our relationships. Recently, I have heard from several couples I coach who are struggling to make limited time together count. If you only have a short window at the end of the day, after the kids have gone to bed and you both are exhausted, how do you nourish and sustain connection? Try this with me as a thought experiment. When you have said to yourself, wow, I really was present in that moment, whether it was eating a meal, taking a walk in nature, or spending time with someone else, what has happened? What makes the difference between time that zips past you lost forever and a moment that becomes almost eternal and leaves you with a feeling of awe? Here's a hint. It's not about the quantity of time you have. A single minute can feel eternal, and days can be empty and forgettable. It's not the horizontal axis of seconds and minutes that makes the difference. It's the vertical axis. It's depth of presence. And depth of presence is always about slowing down and opening our senses. Here's an example. In a typical client week, I often have a short amount of time between sessions to eat. Once I prepare the food, I might only have five minutes to consume it before my next appointment. As counterintuitive as it may seem, at this point I have trained myself to move very slowly when time is limited. Why? Because three slow bites that I actually taste will take the edge off of my hunger. In 10 fast bites, I won't taste the food and will be hungry when I'm done. Time is like that. When we rush through it, it slips through our taste buds and every other one of our senses too. The expression I learned in my coaching program was speed up 
to slow down. The less time you have, the slower you should go so that you can open your senses more deeply. When we grip onto time and in that tension dull our senses, life will evade us. It's quality of attention and sensory engagement that translates to actually living our moments. Like all mindfulness practices, making small time deep takes discipline. In this case, to resist that feeling of panic, of time running out. But if you let urgency steal your presence, you won't receive nourishment from your connection to another person or to life itself. Think about all those times you've been in a hurry, crashing through the house like a freight train, grabbing your bags and shoes on the way out the door. What happens? You forget something vital. You spill something. You snap at someone you love, and now you have damage to clean up on multiple fronts. When you're at the receiving end of someone who is always in a hurry, your contact with them can create a gnawing loneliness, which can become heartbreaking and over time turn numb. This is not living. There's another reason I chose this week's theme. A dear friend of mine, someone I've shared many chapters of my life with, is dying. Brian's story is his to tell, but getting to show up with him recently as he is choosing how to live his remaining weeks of life has shaken me. It's like the volume knob on truth has dialed up, and I can hear loud and clear this unmistakable fact. Time comes only once. This is what we have, and the daily choices we make about where to put our attention count. Brian happens to be an avid lover of food, especially Washington apples. When we were talking last week, a few days after he officially began hospice, he said, You know, Jessica, you should every now and again close your eyes when you eat to really taste the food. I teach about savoring and even have a podcast on this topic, but I didn't have a practice of closing my eyes until now. Friday night, I wanted to put Brian's advice to practice. Every Friday, my in-laws, husband, and I share dinner and rotate who cooks. Last week, it was my turn. I asked everyone to stay out of the kitchen, and then when I had prepared the dish, walked into the living room and asked them to close their eyes. One by one, I escorted my family members to the table, served their bowls, and said, We all spend so much time working hard, but I don't want to let our moments pass us by on our way to our big future. I invite you to try your first bite with your eyes closed before you open them to really taste this first moment together. We began dinner that way. As they ate, after they opened their eyes, I told my family about Brian's advice. The rich flavors of creamy feta, sharp red onion, warm, buttery pasta, fresh spinach, bright tomato, and savory ground lamb were so filling. We are fighting an epidemic of loneliness in this modern world. Many people are isolated and lack contact, but I believe loneliness is also a result of being together but not knowing how to tap into the depth 
axis, the vertical line of time, how to defy the horizontal line of seconds and minutes and create that quality of engagement of our senses that makes time feel everlasting. There are infinite options for engaging the senses and slowing time. Most of the practices from previous episodes are examples. Here are four more two partner practices and two solo practices. For this week's homework, see which speak to you and try at least one. First, leave the words behind and spend time eye-gazing. So often words contract the heart rather than open us to nourishment. Three to five minutes of eye-gazing with someone you genuinely care about will melt the heart wide open. Set a timer turn off distractions, sit knee-to-knee or even holding hands, breathe, and hold one another's gaze. Debrief afterwards. Two, to give weight means to offer some of your body weight in connection to another body and is an expression that comes from dance. Imagine feeling flattened out by someone else's body laying perpendicular across yours and just breathing together. Lie belly to belly or low back to belly. If one person is heavier than the other, heavier person, hold some of your weight on your elbows. Gentle weight can be extremely calming to the nervous system. Try this for three to five minutes and then switch who is giving and who is receiving weight. Three, make an honest inventory of where you put your time in a given week. See if you have built in time for stillness and time for quality connection. If you don't have enough of both, reprioritize. Take some things out and build more connection in. And four, in honor of my friend Brian, close your eyes while you eat and slowly, fully, and on purpose taste what is in your mouth. I hope you will join me in opening your senses to meet time, even as it threatens to whoosh by, and say unquestionably and emphatically, I am here. This is Dr. Jessica Tartaro with Under 10, a mini podcast on intimacy. Oh, oh, oh.